Welcome to Real Talks, The Realtor Life. This is where we talk to real agents about their story and their journey in real estate. We'll discuss their beginnings, their struggles, and their ultimate successes. We peel back the layers and deliver a behind-the-scenes conversation that you, the listener, can find inspiration. My name is Nick Niaxu. My intention is to share the authentic realtor life. Hey guys, this is Nick Niaxu with Real Talks. This is episode six, and I'm here with Eric Christensen. Um, you probably know who he is if you're in the Vancouver uh, market or uh, you see his signs everywhere. Um, very successful realtor in Vancouver, most likely. He's actually a legend, and it's a, it's a pleasure to have him on the show. Hey, Eric. Hey, Nick. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you. That legend makes me sound old already. You're a young legend. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds better. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. So, Eric, I know a little bit about your story. Um, you've told me a little bit. You know, when I was struggling, um, I was able to approach Eric, and he just said, "Just keep working hard, because if you work hard, things good things will happen." But, um, Eric, tell us about where you're at right now, and we'll talk about the beginnings in a little bit. Yeah, I'll go back to that working hard thing. That drove me nuts when I first started, because I used to have Malcolm and Alan just say, "Keep working hard," and I was like, "What the heck does keep working hard mean?" Thanks for the help. Yeah. So, um, I, I know now that I'm in the business for a long time, 28 years, and guys like Nick come up to me and say, what are you doing? I say, keep working hard. It's, uh, it, uh, it must frustrate them sometimes in getting, in getting uh, the, secret, the secret guide to what's going on. It is. Like you, everybody wants that. Everybody wants that. Um, I guess it's that get-rich-quick yeah. solution. Like, what do we need to do? Is, is it mailers? Is it open houses? Is it door-knocking? And at the end of the day, it's, it's everything. Well, and there's this false sense out there, too. People see the successful realtors driving around West Van in nice cars and, and, and wearing nice clothes, and they think, oh, yeah, you just become a realtor, and you make a bunch of money and, and have nice stuff. Um, but it is a very long road and a lot of hard work. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so tell us about your business. I mean, you've, you're over $2.5 billion in sales now. It's been fantastic. So I've been a realtor for 28 years. Um, uh, you know, Typically, the Mattel sell between 70 and 100 houses a year. Um, and, you know, being in West Van and, and the price of the homes, it's, it's been a very, very good business. I'm very thankful to have uh, been so successful in this. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing when you, when, you know, when we look at your, the listings that you have and the sales that you make, it's, it's pretty inspirational. Yeah, we want to get there. Uh, you, got, you know, you guys are well on your way. <laughs> you're, you're way ahead of I was when you I've only been in the business for a few years, so yeah. it's impressive. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so, segueing on from that. Tell us about the beginning because, you know, that people look at you, I mean, you obviously, you love your cars, you have a beautiful family. It's like you're like the staple person of success in this business. Um, but it didn't start like that. It was tough. I almost quit the business after being in the business for a year and a half. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, some of my good friends know. So I, I started back, way back, I will go back to 1998, I was, or 1988. I was a um, uh, graduate of my school, went to Cap College. Thought I was going to play basketball for a career, like every young kid dreaming it's an athlete. Um, after a year and a half, I realized that wasn't going to happen, uh, partly because I probably had too much fun at the Cap College <laughs> at the time when I was so when I was 18. So good thing did come out of Cap College by my wife. So I started dating when we were 18 years old. Um, so I went and worked for a company called Cal-El Sales, which was a manufacturer's rep, like anywhere from hair barrettes to Weber barbecues and, and everything in mm -hmm. between. And sold more than anybody else had ever hired before. And they used to hire 35-year-old people, and I was only 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, I guess, at the time. And one of them told me I should take my real estate course. And so that was the beginning. 
Oh, wow. Took my course. Um, I can't remember. I got 85%, which is probably the highest grade I ever got in any kind of schooling because I was interested in it. Yeah. Um, it started working two years in, like floundering, not a whole lot going on. My first meeting on May 1990, I go with the guy named Max Finney, who's uh, a legend in real estate as well uh, back in the day. He announced that it was the slowest May ever in the history of the real estate board for West Vancouver. And I, I sit there going, what am I doing? What have I done? Right. But I think, I think from those sort of coming overcoming that adversity at the beginning, it made a huge difference to my career going forward. Right. And especially having had that early and now a market like we're in now, it, it's a huge benefit. Oh, um, absolutely. To, to learn that. Um, so 18 months, two years in, wasn't going to work. Love cars. Went and applied at a few car dealerships for a job. Um, luckily, you know, BMW, Ford, Mercedes, they all turned me down. They said, sorry, you're too young. We don't want to hire you. So thought, okay, I guess I got to go back to real estate. <laughs> Thank God for my mom who helped fund me for the first, you know, three and a half, four years while I was building the business. Um, and yeah, at that point, uh, sat down with a friend of my mother-in-law's who used to train at Western Realty. Okay. She gave me a few cassette tapes, which I still have as, you know, mementos of the, of what happened. Right. And one was overcoming discouragement and one was setting goals. And, and this was by? Uh, one was, uh, one was, um, Napoleon Hill. Okay. Think and Grow Rich. And yeah. That's basically the, the mindset of, of you got to picture what you want to right. be before you can be it. Um, and I don't remember who the author was of the overcoming discouragement was, but I played these tapes so much you could barely hear them anymore. Like wow. you know, every time I lost on a presentation, like in goes the tape. Right. Um, so you were just keeping your mind, your state yeah. of mind very sharp and positive yeah. and you know, it will eventually stick. Yeah. Um, you know, with, you know, you have to go through, you have to go through so many downs to feel the bottom. So you, now oh, you know sure. where it is to calibrate yourself, then you can go up because I don't think you can have success without failure. It doesn't, no, you have, it doesn't to, work. You have to, you know, again, you, you know, you screw up so many times uh, you know, a friend of mine was doing a speech, um, uh, um, in front of 300 kids at West Van High yesterday, and he said, "I excuse my language. I fucked up so many times to get where I am today." And you learn from that, right? That's true, right? Um, so you were that's you were 22 at that point. Yeah, 23, probably 23. 20, 20, almost 24 at that point. 24. Your I started point? when I was 22, May 1990. And right. And by the time I was 24, was when I was almost quitting, and then I just started uh, started building from there. And then another thing, uh, a lot of you might know John Jennings. Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome guy. Started working with him. Him and I sat in the same office, and he'd see me. I knew the stats on every house and every sale and all the more. I knew inside and out of every house. Went on tour all the time. He's like, "Yeah, that's great. They have all the information, but it's completely useless unless you start phoning people." So, so I'm like, "Hey, well, that's that's a very good point." So then right. I started cold calling, and he sat there going, "You know, what? How do you feel when you get a phone call at home at seven at night from someone completely out of the blue for no reason?" I'm like, "Well, it irritates me," and I hang up. So he says, "Well." You know, he, he warm calls, which is a term that everyone uses. He said, just start phoning everyone you know every time a house comes up for sale. Like, just tips like that. Right. And then that stuff starts snowballing. Right. And then, and because I really did hate cold calling, because as much as I've overcome uh, rejection and people not liking me or getting angry because you phone, um, I started sending flyers. And I was one of the first guys, you know, 25 years ago to start sending flyers. And I used to send them to uh, every time I did a sale, every time I had a listing. Right. Um, until it got to the point where, you know, I was selling 10 houses a, 10 houses a month when people were starting to say, hey, I'm getting too many of your flyers. And then I started sending one out every, like, five sales or every 10 sales. Right. Um, so but, you're creating habits, like really good yeah, habits and yeah. discipline. Well, on the flyer yeah. thing, I got the idea of that because my, my mom lived in North Van. Yeah. And she used to get flyers from Tony Rossetti. Um, and right. And he was like, one of the first guys that did it back then in North Van. And so I started doing it in West Van. 
And that was that was that was one of my marketing things. And again, you know, not not expensive. I I, I know the I know the new marketing is a lot of huge cost. You know, buses and all that sort of stuff, which is making you guys extremely successful. Um, I didn't have the funds to do that, so no, neither did we. We just, we just had line of credits. <laughs> <laughs> line of credit. The well bank's spent. money. Yeah. Line of credit well spent. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that's you know, it just started building from there. And for me, I just I worked like a dog. I'd get up at seven in the morning and then not stop working until eleven at night, and and had no 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 help and a huge problem with uh, delegating. Um, and so I did that for twenty years. Of wow! Just doing it all myself. All yourself, no assistant for twenty years. In in two thousand and three, <coughs> I sold a uh, hundred and seven houses, I think, and the only person helping me was my father in law with a few showings. And wow. I did everything else myself: paperwork, listings, uh, loading photos um, on my ads, everything. It was it was it was insanity. That is insanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to delegate, especially when you you built something up. From scratch, yeah, and a blood, sweat, and tears allow somebody in that world that could potentially mess it up. Exactly, it's like it's. I we have the same issue. It's yeah. hard to let people it into is. your world, right? Well, you guys have put a great team together, so I'm sure it's not to any mistakes. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people always make mistakes. Yeah. Just don't make the mistake twice. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So, you're. So when did it? So you, you're sending out flyers. Um. This is sort of year four or five. Yeah. Yeah, and then it started snowballing from there. But were you weren't making a hundred and were you making a hundred and seven sales within five years? Or? No, it no. started yeah. off. Uh, you know, again back then, the first year I've been Medallion Club, I think for twenty one years now. So it took me seven years to make Medallion. Um, and back then, I think I needed eighteen MLS points to make Medallion. Right. Whereas I don't know what it is today, like twenty seven or something or twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, there was no turning back. John and I were doing a lot of stuff together, and we I think we both made Medallion the first time together. Right. Um, and ever since then, I've just made Medallion because uh, right. I think once you get to that that goal, that carrot's always there, and you just keep working till you get there. Right. So did is was John your mentor? John was my mentor for sure. Yeah. So you 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 see, and John was very successful at the time yeah. as well. When yeah, you, he was for yeah. a new guy because he started a few years. I think I think like three or four years before me, and his dad was in the business before him. Right. So I think he learned some things from his dad, and then just sort of took it to a new level. Right. And then you know guys like Al Sutton and North Fan, like massive amount of business and great reputation. Right. That was the key for me was sell a lot of houses, but have people still like you. That's and that's a yeah. fine balance, yeah. right? You have to do business yeah. well, yeah, and respectfully because they're all about co- cooperation yeah. more so now than ever. So, but even with their clients, like again, one of the things that I find is every realtor that phones to show one of my listings says you're the first one that calls back all the time. So, right. so cooperating with the other agents and doing everything you can to put a deal together uh, for your client and, and their client because that makes success for everyone. Um, yeah, it, it's so important. It is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, and obviously you're passionate about the business. You still are. Oh, you're that. always at yeah. the office. And you, couldn't, you couldn't do this business if you didn't like it. There's too many. There's too many negative things and things that go wrong as far as being let down and, and you know disappointments. That if you didn't love the business, you couldn't do it. Oh, I, I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that's doing it just for the money won't, won't be very successful for very long. Yeah, they won't find the money. No. 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 Not at all. Yeah. So. Um, so you were at about five, year five, year six, year seven when you, well, year seven really when the turning point yeah. happened. And what, do you remember anything in that turning point where that was like the aha moment or was it just all that hard work started to pay off? Well, the, the aha was when, when I hit that whatever 17 or 18 MLS points to make medallion on like December the 15th, I was like jumping up and down in the office. It was, it was a huge moment. 
So, um, but the real aha moment happened. Um, a, a lawyer named uh, Richard Goliboff, um, I think I was probably in year 10 or 12 when I started getting to the point where I made President's Club. Mm-hmm. Um, he said to me, you're at a point now where people are going to start phoning you. And I'm like, I know I'm phoning people all the time still, but, but literally within a year. It went from me phoning people all the time to suddenly people phoning me. And it's just like, that was that aha moment. Like, wow, I've gotten there now where people want to speak to me. I don't have to phone them. That's a, that's a, that's a place. That's a huge place. I don't know if you've Malcolm Gladwell. Oh yeah. Tipping point. point. Yeah. The tipping point. Awesome book. Yeah. And that was my tipping point. It was just like all of a sudden it went from me, you know, begging and hoping someone's going to work with me to, to people phoning me saying, Hey, will you work with me? And it was cool. And that was year 10, 11, 12. Yeah, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember when I made President's Club, but probably, yeah, probably like 15, yeah, yeah, 10, 11, 12. Wow. So yeah. again, people as a realtor, that's the magic tipping point Huge. for everybody Huge. who's, who's, yeah. who's very, very successful is now you don't have to prospect as much yeah. because your, your name's so far out there. And yeah. what do you think, aside from the sales, um, you know, I've seen you around West Vancouver and you know everybody. You're shaking their hands. You're talking. Your wife yeah. is out there saying, "Oh, Eric's talking to this guy again at the at Hollyburn or whatnot." Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a great thing. I mean, I I, lo- I I I love hanging around with people. I love talking to people. So it's um, uh, it's great. Again, you couldn't do this business if you didn't like talking to people. Right. Um, but you always talk shop. People talk shop about you a lot. Yeah. You know, close friends know that they, they they don't always talk shop, but most acquaintances they want to talk shop. They want to talk shop, Real yeah, especially big... especially you know in the last ten years when the market was going crazy, they want to talk shop, and now that it's slowing down, they want to talk shop. Yeah, you know, in a flat normal market, nobody really talks that much about real estate. Right, um, it's just when it's in the press as much as it is, it, it's uh, it's pretty significant. People do want to talk about it. Right. So there's some major takeaways I'm getting here. One is you got to work your butt off. Yeah. Right. And you have to work smart. So you are the one that basically, you know, developed all the knowledge um, in the market, and you had all this knowledge that you had built in your head, yeah. but you had to take action exactly. in order to get that business. You had to tell people about it. I mean, you can be the smartest person in the world, but nobody knows about it. Then well, if you don't have that guidance, like that was that, that for me was huge. What John did and sort of put me in the right direction because uh, I mean, I I used to paint like when we were at Bell Realty when it first started. Yeah, I used to paint the office to pay my office bill. I'd wow. Yeah. You so, painted the office yeah. to pay for your fees. Yeah. Well, so, you know, that that's the kind of stuff I did just to, hey, my desk fee is whatever a month or my bill is built up to a thousand bucks. I'm like, hey, I'll paint the, the, the bullpen yeah. to cover the thousand bucks. So you were all in. Always working. I, it didn't matter. You were yeah. all in. I was I was washing and vacuuming some of the top realtors' cars to make extra money. <laughs> yeah. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You ever need your car washed? Wanted to get the guy. There was a car wash here behind. Uh, it's actually it's um, it's where there's a car wash now again. And the guy, actually, it's it's right around the corner where some friends of mine are, are kind of a car collection store. But the the guy phoned me one day and said, "Hey, you got to stop washing these guys' cars because I'm it's it, I'm, I'm the one that normally does their cars." <laughs> so you're putting them out of business. That was funny. That is really really funny. So um, so with Bell Realty, then you followed Bell Realty into Angel Hasman and Associates. At a brief moment, uh, at a brief moment at Sussex. Um, oh no kidding nobody really it was only for eight months I, I got in a bit of an argument with a realtor at Bell Realty that's not a realtor anymore just because he was a guy that uh, we didn't we didn't see eye to eye on morals and things like that so they got a big fight I left said I'm out of here um, uh, Alan called me to come back they opened an office in Caulfield um, uh, you know I was new and young in the business loved Caulfield already even though I didn't live there so that, that was sort of the carrot to come back to um, Angel Hassman, because at that point, actually, I guess it was still Bell Realty. It hadn't become Angel Hassman yet. 
So I'm curious now, people, you should always work in where you want to live, right? I, Do you I, agree? 100%. Where did you live before Caulfield? Because you now have a beautiful house. You have the dream house in Caulfield. My wife and I rented an apartment at Park Royal Towers, those, those three towers at Park Royal. Um, right. Uh, she had to pay the rent every other month or every third month because I didn't have enough money to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Um, still drove a BMW 5 Series, but couldn't afford the rent. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, from there we went, we bought a little half duplex in Glenmore, um, lived there for three years, bought it and sold it for the same price. Market didn't go up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, then bought a little house in Caulfield on Sprucefield, mm-hmm. did a small reno. Um, and an opportunity came up where I could buy the lot where I built my house now. We've been there for 14 years. Holy cow. Yeah. And we love it. And we raised our kids on a cul-de-sac. I couldn't take that anymore. No. Yeah, you have, you have three beautiful tri- children. Two, two, two kids. Two kids. Oh, two, yeah. yeah, two, two yeah. kids. Two kids, yeah. sorry. Two beautiful children. Uh, and um, beautiful wife. Yeah, thank you. I know. Yeah. I'm, very, I'm very fortunate. And um, how many beautiful pieces of machinery? Yeah, lots of cars. Cars, cars <laughs> are a bit of a problem. But yeah, no, I tend to try to pick the right car. So yeah, I'm, uh, I've got this little car roll that uh, is, my, is my hobby. So yeah, so you have, um, so that's why you're at work all the time. Exactly. I had a picture of, uh, even now, the, the latest car I've got, I had a picture of it on my screensaver um, on my computer. So look at all these takeaways here. You have a vision board. 100%. Right from the game. I said, I used to set goals, and, and all my friends when I was in my 20s used to bug me because it was written on my mirror what I had to do every day. Right. And just seeing it every time you looked at yourself when you're shaving in the morning. Um, uh, I had daily goals, and actually one thing that Alan taught me was a 10-point day. Sort of, those are things you have to do every day. And one would be like make 10 warm calls, uh, check all the new listings, like just basic stuff you have to do every day. Yeah. Um, and then I had a weekly goal, monthly goal, annual goal, and I, I still have it in my phone. Every every year I put an annual goal together. Yeah. It's not broken down to daily anymore because I've got the routine down by now. Right. It's, it's now yeah. it's just it's automatic, right? Exactly. That is. So, yeah, so, yeah. you know, writing stuff on your mirror, I had a picture of every car I ever wanted next when I was, you know, I was driving my old 1990 Jetta, I had a picture of a 5 Series BMW in the mirror. Right. And when I was driving my 5 Series BMW, I had a picture of my 840 BMW in the mirror. Yeah. Right? So, I would just flip it down every day when I got in the car, look at it, and, and then just work to achieve it. And when you achieved it, you just yeah. set higher goals. Yeah. Right? You don't, exactly. you don't ever settle. No. Not a no. chance. Yeah. So, do you... um So... Here's an interesting question like we'd like to ask. Well, first of all, what are your aspirations first? Because you're, you are, you're 20, 28. 28. Yeah. And you're, you're super young compared to like the, the people who have reached success, your success in the business. You're, you're, you've reached it much quicker than they have. Um, what is, uh, what are your aspirations down the business? What do you want? You know, I, I love the business. So, I mean, again, I could, I, I could, I could keep going for another 20 years, but my, my hope <laughs> is, is that at some point, um, I can train one of my kids to take over, yeah. um, you, you know, either that or get a few young guys that are, that, that are the kind of people that have the same mindset as me that I can trust with my name to take over with clients. Yeah. Um, you know, cause for me. If you don't have the cooperate, if you don't have the, if you don't have the trust of your clients and the cooperation of the other realtors, you, you can't do this business. It's just not possible. Right. And so I don't want to just have someone come in and say, "Hey, I'll buy your book off you when you retire," and and then just make the name mud. Like it has to be someone that's on the same same path. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So I, you know what? Whether I work another five years or ten years, I, I mean, I don't know. I just I enjoy it. It's just fun. Yeah, I love it. It's just part it. of your life. Yeah. And people talk about in this business that it's they're hard. It's hard to achieve a work life balance. But so, but you. Have, you know, a beautiful family and you're always going to the hockey games and you're, yeah. you're, do, you're doing everything that dad should be doing. So how do you... Well, that, like, that changed. That was a girl named Crystal Meads. Thank goodness for her. She worked for another realtor in West Van 
um, ended up working for a, a huge realtor. Um, um, I can't remember his name on the top of my head right now in Vancouver West Side for a few years. So she was a well-trained assistant. And she phoned me up one day and said, hey, look, I, I met you a couple of times when I worked in West Van. Can I come and work for you? And I said, no, I don't delegate well. It's not going to work. So anyway, she phoned back a couple of days later. Come on, let me just come in for one day a week. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, sure. So she came in for one day a week. And like that quickly became two, three, five days a week. Um, right. And she was awesome. Like uh, she's actually a real Toronto and Langley now and doing extremely well. Um, and after working with me for three years, she phoned me and said, hey, look, I got another kid on the way. Um, uh, I need a bigger place, can't afford it on the North Shore, so she went to Langley, and that's why she that's why she ended up uh, moving on. But wow. I found Sam, right through my mother in law, because I sold Sam's house, and Sam, you know, five years earlier, had said, "Hey, if you ever need an assistant, let me know." And, and Tracy's mom remembered that, and and you know what, I, I wouldn't have the lifestyle I have if I didn't have Crystal and Sam um, helping out. Do you find that your quality of life has increased tremendously with the assistant? Massive, yeah, life changing. Life changing. Absolutely life changing. I mean, instead of sitting at my computer, so basically now all the work that Sam does during the day for eight hours a day, I would do either at seven in the morning or at six at night. Right. And so it just, you know, you're working from seven till nine before you can call people. And then you're working from 10 at eight till two in the morning doing paperwork. Wow. So, yeah. Taking notes here. <laughs> this is how it's supposed to be done. It's a pretty simple game. Yeah, it's a simple game. It's a simple <laughs> That's game. right. It's, it's easy. easy. Keep telling my son that with hockey. Son, it's a simple game. Yeah, and you're and real quick, real quick, because we we're just talking about before we started the podcast. I mean, you're you light up when you talk about your son and his success in hockey. Oh, that's what's, great. what's he doing right now? He plays for the Everett Silvertips, and uh, he he's uh, the Calgary Flames trying out for the Flames right now. Yeah. yeah. Something really cool that I remember in my first year of real estate when I just vi- I was visiting open houses, agents opens, and I was at your agents open on on your street that you live on, and uh, your son runs into the agents open with a cup of coffee. Yeah, I thought that was the coolest young thing ass- ever. Young assistant, young yeah. assistant. Yeah, just here you young go, dad, school. and back, and now he's playing pro hockey. Yeah, and, and my uh, my twenty one year old daughter, she's uh, she's a model. She's actually taking a real estate course as well, which is exciting. Um, and she's might be going back to Hong Kong for a few months for modeling, where she, where she just rocked it the last time. So that you're just yeah, you're cool. just creating I'm the a lucky guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you definitely are. So, what what would be um, a single piece of advice that you would give your younger self on day one when starting in this business? Well, so day one, I would have told I would have told myself what John told me after two years is is uh, you know call people. You have to phone people. Right. Um, a, a guy again, Max Finney, uh, amazing guy. Um, Taught me a lot when I was younger, and he passed away, unfortunately. Um, he said, don't say anything you wouldn't say in front of your client to anyone. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you have a listing, if, if you know you can't go and say, oh, they'll take this price. If, if, you, if you can't say what you're going to say in front of your client, mm-hmm. don't say it because you shouldn't be saying it. Right. right? And that, I mean, that's a big thing now with the conflict, all the new conflict rules that we have. If you don't say stuff that you can't say in front of your client, you'll never get in trouble. So that's a really, that's a really good sort of litmus test on, huge. on your ethics. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go show a house and the realtor will say, oh, they'll do this, this, and this. And I'm like, if your client heard you saying that, they'd probably crucify you. We see, hear that all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I will not say, like, if I'm not comfortable saying it in front of my client, I'm not going to say it to anyone. And do you ever do you ever think about the money when you're doing a deal? Or never. It, never. I, 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 you can ask Debbie. I've never, ever calculated a commission. Um, you know, I go, I go do an evaluation on a cheaper home, like something around a million or under a million. And they'll say, oh, you only sell big stuff. I'm like, no, I don't. They say, well, you don't want to work as hard on mine. I'll work as hard on a $2 million condo as I will on a $15 million house. 
Yeah. It makes absolutely no difference to me when I'm getting paid. And that's that's a part of the big success. Yeah. We think the same way. That's the way you have to do it. Yeah, or else you're going to put your own interest in front yeah. of your clients. And it's... Well, it's like, and, and you know, I'll have a showing where, you know, I've committed to being at an agent's open at a, a $1.3 million apartment for a nice older client of mine. And, and I'll get a showing request at a $10 million house. And, and I'll say, you know, my assistant, who's very qualified, will be there for the showing. I have to do the agent's open. I've committed to it. Right. I can't just put something else ahead and vice versa. Yeah, if exactly. If I committed to being at the $10 million house, someone else has to sit at the showing for the cheaper house. It's, it's just, it's, it's the right way to do it. I, I completely agree. And you know, I don't want to end the podcast because of Eric's attention right here. <laughs> um, but um, is there anything else that you want to say to there's We have a lot of young realtors that, um, that, uh, that, that listen. Yeah. And they're looking for you know, just bits of information. Is there anything else, any pieces of gold or nuggets that you would want to well, I'll say, what, I'll say what Malcolm and Alan told me. You just got to work hard. So just work hard, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what it is? It sounds horrible to say that because you say, well, what does that mean? I was like, what does work hard mean? But you do. You, just, you have to work hard. You have to create your own luck. Yeah. And and do the right things. Phone people. You know, be friendly. And like any time, like no matter what, you're always – it's it's part of being a bit of a, a looking glass because you have to be polite all the time. I judge people by how they treat their garbage men or the, or the waiter. Right, right. Some guy that, that you know could have a billion dollars, but down talks the waiter or the garbage man. I mean, that guy to me is garbage, right? Right. You have to treat everybody the same, right? Whether they're a billionaire or the garbage man. So and they, so and so and live your life like that. Especially if you're if you're trying to be a realtor on West Van or Vancouver West Side, anyone sees you doing something stupid, you, know, you, you might lose business. You're, they're going to talk about it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, I lost a listing once because I was driving like a moron down the highway, and someone cut me off, and I gave them a finger when I was younger. Well, it turned out that their friend was going to try to get me the listing and they said, screw you, I'm not going to give that guy the listing. He gave me the finger. And right. so I lost the listing because I was being a stupid 25-year-old. Right. Right? So you just can't do it. So always just just live a, just a, live a high moral life and 100%. treat everybody good and work hard. Uh, learn. Always learn. And get married and have children. Uh, my, <laughs> oh. my, a good friend of mine I did some investing with when I was younger said, as soon as you get engaged, your income will double. And then I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So I got engaged and my income doubled. And he said, just wait, when you have kids now, your income's going to double again. And so uh, he was bang on. He was right. It just it gave, gave, gives you purpose. Gives you, right. And speaking of that, and, uh, DJ, I, I hope you're going to listen to this. And congratulations on being married. It's exciting. I saw the uh, play-by-play from Nick on the wedding. It was awesome. Yeah, well, I'm excited too. If, that, if that's the case, then yeah. his income's going to double. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yours, yours comes along with it. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs>